Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty that means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. This is Mike Allstott, Tempe Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother! When you hear the sound of the drum, we'll be saying, here we go. You're missing out. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Cannon Fire Podcast. We are coming back at you today with episode 76. And surprisingly enough, we are not here to tell you about the 18-point lead the Buccaneers blew on the bye week. We're here to talk to you about everything before the trade deadline, some expert reports, and uh, we're going to answer some of your questions. It's another mailbag episode. We'll call it the bi-week mailbag. Welcome back. If you're new around here, I am your host, Rhett Matthew. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, Mr. Bucks Football, Evan Wanish. And joining us today is a very special guest. A lot of people might not know him, but we have got a ton of history with this guy. We're excited to tell you about it. Mr. Morgan Pangle, how you guys doing today? Doing just fine. How are you? It's all good. Don't talk over each other. It's all good. It's all good. So we've got both of you guys joined here via the Skype video feed. So if you're watching on YouTube or BucksReport.com, you can check out Morgan's big, beautiful, bearded face. And, uh, of course, myself and Evan, as always. But let's tell you guys why you should care about Morgan and who he is. Um, he's not a big-name Bucks journalist. He's not one of these guys who's an analyst every single week on Twitter. Uh, he's just a Bucks fan. But when I tell you about the history that we have with this guy... Four years ago, long time ago, uh, four years ago, we all did a podcast before the Cannon Fire podcast. Me and Evan, for a while, did a show called the Another Sports Podcast, is what it was called. And uh, the downfall of that show, and the reason it only lasted, I think, 13 episodes, was because we tried to cover all sports. We didn't stray away. We didn't stray away from one team that we were passionate about and could talk about on the drop of a hat. Um, we talked about all sports, and I think that's what ultimately led that to not go anywhere because there's quite a lot of those. But 
we did the first two or three episodes with this guy named Morgan. And we actually live-streamed our fantasy draft that year with a guy named Morgan. And this is that guy named Morgan. So, Morgan, where have you been uh, for five years, four years? Um, watching Bucks football. That's where I've been. You yeah? Know? Uh, that's the reason I haven't come out of hiding uh, <laughs> so far. But um, just, you know, been caught up in doing things in, you know, in the non-podcast world. Uh, I teach at an elementary school, um, you know, just still work in college, working on getting my master's. So, you know, I'm just out here doing things that happen. <laughs> out so I, there. That's how I would sum it up, of course, you know. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, man. Well, that's awesome what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. But uh, really nice to have you on the show because we've talked about it forever. Um, you know, even two seasons ago, we're like, man, we really got to get a little ASP reunion going oh, on here. And sure. we're finally making it happen. So, Evan, how are you doing today, my man? I'm uh, I'm doing pretty good, and uh, if anybody wants to listen to a sort of a modified version of another sports podcast, uh, you can't find any of the like actual like original episodes on YouTube. But there are two episodes, I believe, that are interviews with Tyrone Keys and Mark Cook of Pewter Report that were under the Another Sports Podcast. So if you want to check out what that was like uh go back and watch those two videos i think it's the only two videos that are still there from that so <laughs> yeah they're um they're on this channel so just scroll all the way down to the bottom and you'll find one like evan had said tyrone keys defensive end for the 85 bears we had him on the show talked about his time as a buccaneer and much more and then of course we had a season preview for the bucks with mr mark cook and that was kind of the episode where we're like all right let's just talk about the bucks and uh thus cfp was born very glad to have you here today, Morgan. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. What were you saying? Oh, you're fine. I just wanted to note that the fantasy draft um, that we did is actually on my channel. So if you want a real taste of what oh, early, early AS, uh, ASP looked like, uh, Morgan Pangle, that's my channel. I've got some fo- football highlights on there. I haven't posted in like a year, but you know, it's okay. Um, <laughs> but you know, three or four years ago when we did that draft, it's still on there. It's still an hour and 30 minutes long. You check out the whole thing. Oh, yeah. You know, Listen to the Mike mess-ups and the, the drafting Luke Stocker in the third round. It's, it's uh, stuff. Yeah, that yeah, was actually... anybody doesn't know, yeah. <laughs> that Morgan was... is a Luke Stocker enthusiast. 88, baby. Greatest of all time. Movie. Greatest of all time. Yeah, Morgan is, uh, Morgan is that Luke Stocker guy. So if you've ever known one... Well, if you didn't <laughs> know one, now you do, and it's, it's Mr. Morgan. So... Let's get into some Buccaneers football, which, of course, is what we're here to talk about today, and it's what the people want to listen to. We have got some interesting things, Bucks football, to talk about that happened over the last week before we jump into some of your guys' bi-week questions. First and foremost, the one that sticks out the most for you, is the Jameis Winston-Mariota era over? Wait. Rhett, hold on. Before we uh, get into these questions, okay. I have a question of my own, just really quickly. Yeah, uh, sure, man. Um, so um, I'm going to be in the Tampa Bay area um, performing uh, one of my rap shows lately. Um, it's going to be Christian rap, some of that Christian hip-hop you know. Nice. Uh, Tupac's, Tupac's going to be there. But um, I really want to get some signs ready for my um, for my show. I want high-quality printing and signs. Do you know where I could find that in the Tampa Bay area? You know what, my friend? You are in luck. Let me take a second and tell you about our friends at Pinecrest Printing and Signs. So, uh, Morgan. A guy such as yourself, you need an image for your business? Well, that's awesome, because Pinecrest Printing has got you covered in more ways than one. They have been providing the Tampa Bay business community with quality commercial printing and design since 2001. 
Their printing professionals are ready to provide you with quality marketing solutions for today's industry. They're also the newest sponsor of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Give them a call at 813-684-5444 or check out the website at pinecrestpinning.com. Morgan, I am so glad you asked because ever since the show started, I've just been chomping at the bit to talk about some quality printing, and I'm glad that you helped me make that happen. Also, one more thing. We, all, we keep wedging in one more thing, but one more thing, and it's very important. Hmm. Uh, it is confirmed that Pinecrest Printing and CFP have some, some goodies in the works, and uh, we'll be announcing those very, very soon here within the next couple of weeks. So keep your eyes open for that. Uh, some really, really cool stuff is going to be happening. But let's finally talk about the Bucks. Finally. The biggest thing <laughs> that jumps out at you this week is an article. That says, is the Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota era over? Say that five times fast. Well, several front office sources tell Mike Freeman that the Titans and the Bucks are expected to reset their sights at quarterback through a trade or in the draft. The number one and number two picks from 2015 are likely done as franchise leaders. That is all quoted from the story. And uh, I'll toss out my take and you guys can toss out yours as well. I'll just say this. I don't believe this one bit. Just like I didn't believe that the Bucks were going to trade O.J. Howard, which everyone was, you know, up in arms about a week ago. I, I just, reports like these do not have enough evidence from the organization in particular to back up what they're trying to say. I believe that if Jameis Winston plays, I said it last week, if he plays two more games like he did in London as a Buccaneer, he's not going to be a Buck come the end of the season. But right now, with a head coach who says... You know, I'm not worried about that performance. As he has one more, I'll be worried. With a guy who still has a little bit of time, while it is a you know a slim window to turn things around, he has a window to turn things around. And we said it two weeks ago, three weeks ago, when he was playing well. Evan, you said it on Twitter today. Jameis Winston does not have to play at an MVP caliber level. He just has to be a serviceable game manager. And all of that is why I do not believe this report coming out of the gate. What do you guys think? Yeah, so I I think it has more validity to say the Marcus Mar- Mariota era is over. Right. Um, that, is, that is a tricky one to say a little bit, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, so because they've already benched him, and I understand, like, everybody's like, well, why don't they do that with Winston? Well... <laughs> they have the Titans have Ryan Tannehill, who has been a starter in the league before and has had some success, and the Bucks have Ryan Griffin, who hasn't taken a regular season snap. So I mean that's the big difference there. Um, but right now, yeah, James Winston's leash is very short and probably the shortest it's ever been. But I do think it would probably take another game like Carolina um, to really have the Bucks move on. I just don't think that right. Now, I'm not saying the report can't be true eventually, but right now, of when it was reported, I I don't think it's um, particularly true. Yeah, um, and um, I had uh, I have mentioned this before on Twitter and talked about it before. This the entire um, Bucks organization is built around Jameis Winston at this point. Um, Jason Light, uh, Bruce Arians is there for Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, I think the Jameis Winston era is not over. The Marcus Mariota or MM8, as his fans like to call him, whatever. Um, it's. I mean, it's all. It's got to be over unless they put him in against Tampa and he lights it up somehow because that's not difficult to do against the Buccaneers defense. But Marcus Mariota 
was was benched, and I think that just marks the end, basically, of his time in Tennessee and his time as a full-time starter in the NFL. I think he'll find a backup job somewhere or the potential to compete for a starting job. But Marcus Mariota simply just doesn't fit the model of what an NFL quarterback needs to look like now. Um, can't make the big-time throws. Um, and I just don't think he is a starter in the league anymore. Winston, on the other hand, like Evans said, is on, a, is on the tightest league he's ever been. He just had, what, five interceptions? Uh, granted, one or two of those were in his fault. But with Winston, the Tampa Bay organization is built around him. They don't have a good backup quarterback. They can just throw in there and say, all right, let's, let's try again. You know, this is Winston's time where he has to play at least like a, a game manager in order to get this team um, to a respectable place and for him to get a new contract or at least franchise tag. It, so I do think the Mariota era is over. I don't think the Winston era is over just yet. The possibility is there, but. I don't think it's close. And you kind of look at it from the franchise itself. If the Bucks were to come out and say, yeah, we're done with Jameis, we're going to bench him, let Ryan Griffin be the guy, and we're going to start looking at quarterbacks, you're not going to hear any franchise directly say that. But, you know, if Jameis were to get benched, then it's a waste of time for B.A. and his staff of, what, 29 coaches to even be here in the first place? Like, it really just shows the amount of patience they had with a brand-new coaching staff to come in here and try and turn things around because I don't think anyone expected it to get turned around all the way in one year, but after six games to say, all right, he's not the guy, especially with Bruce Arians whispering in his ear, he, he, he has a window to make things happen, and we have to see how the rest of the season plays out, but if he throws two touchdowns and zero interceptions for the rest of the year every single game, he plays like an average QB and doesn't turn the ball over five times in a game, then he'll be a buck. That's how I feel about it. Um, but yeah, it's definitely a report that's raising some eyebrows and some people are jumping the gun on it, but don't expect Winston to be run out of town just yet, even though some of the fan base wants it to happen. So there's our two cents on that. Moving on, we have got some other Buccaneer news regarding a defensive end we have talked about before. Everyone's favorite defensive end, Jason Pierre-Paul. Uh, reports are saying that JPP is returning to practice this week. Uh, well, he's eligible to return to practice this week. We've yet to see how that plays out, but depending on how he does in practice this week, depending on how much he participates, it'll really determine if we see him play any snaps against Tennessee. Um, at this point, I just, I don't know, man. I think JPP coming back week eight, ready to go. Even if he plays half of the game, I feel like it's too good to be true right now. Well, I like I, I've said this for a while. Neck injuries are tricky. You you don't really want to mess with them because that you know one wrong hit if his neck isn't hundred percent ready to go, one wrong hit could you know end his career basically. Yeah. Um. And and in some cases maybe be life threatening. Um. Depending on obviously where he's hit. Um. So I do think they're gonna be cautious. But I also think that if if he if they think he can play, they're not gonna. Obviously, he's not gonna be out there every snap, but they're not gonna really hold him back. Um, if they think he can play, he'll dress and he'll probably play a little bit. Yeah, um, I think this this defense definitely needs JPP back, um, and that's just evident with um, Shaquille Barrett being the only person getting pressure on the quarterback at this point. Carl Nassim's been there, but he really benefits off of uh, long developing plays where he can really hustle to the quarterback. Um, but it's a weird position for Tampa Bay. They don't want to put him in that position to get, you know, a career-ending injury like like Evan mentioned. But at the same time, they really do need him back. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he come back. He comes back in week nine and they rule him inactive for week eight. 
Um, but it, you know, it's really up to what this coaching staff wants to do as to how badly they think they need him. Personally, I, I think we need him for this pass rush. Um, he's a great rotational rusher. Um, you know, showed that last year with 12 and a half sacks as a starter um, and then on the field the majority of the time. So would love to see him back in action against Tennessee, but don't want to rush anything um, in terms of his health. Yeah, and he's a guy, the way his contract is structured now, he is off of the books for next year. So you want to get as much use of him as you can. You know, we kind of said the same thing with Deshaun Jackson. We knew he wasn't going to be here, so why not mix it up? Why not do some interesting things to just get everything you can out of that guy? It's much different when he's coming back from a neck injury. Of course, you're not going to throw him in there. But if this turns into a thing where you have to wait around until week 9, 10, 11, and he's still kind of lingering and not entirely there, um, and he's showing signs of just not what we saw, yeah, you can still use him as a rotational player, but I don't know. It's just a weird outlook to have for a guy who, I, I don't know how you guys feel, but I'm fairly confident he won't be here next year, as unfortunate as it is, um, simply because the money that's going to be tossed at that defensive line, you think about the guys who may be here, might be leaving, uh, Indomitus Sue um, is a big name that floats around, and he's going to, of course, graduate some of the money that JPP would have uh, would have warranted, but yeah, it, it's a weird well, situation. I mean, they have an Adamkin Sue, Shaq Barrett, and Carl Nassib all unrestricted free agents. So right, um, and you know the the pace that Barrett's at right now, the Bucks probably at the beginning of the season the Bucks weren't expecting to have to pay him the money that they're going to. Um, but you know, right now I just I can't see Jason Pierre-Paul on the roster. Um, unless he comes in and just absolutely tears it up and the Bucks are like, you know, got to keep this guy. <laughs> well, um, it's, it's also weird with Shaq Barrett as well because, I mean, while he was ripping every offensive tackle in the league's head off for four straight weeks, um, these past two games he really has not been a factor at all. And I don't want to sit here and say, you know, props to the people who were like, let's wait to pay him because everybody was like, let's pay this guy. Um, and I was one of them. And I'm not saying that he shouldn't be paid now, but to have a drop-off for two weeks. And... Well, well the, the thing is, he was at a ridiculous pace before. I think that hurt him. Yeah, that, right. You know, that hurt him that he was, you know, I mean, nine sacks through what? Five games? Four games? Four I mean, games. That, that's ridiculous. 36 sacks on the year if he kept that pace. Yeah, it, that, nobody's getting that. So I think now he's finally come down to earth a little bit. And a lot of people were asking me, they were like, well, how many sacks do you think he's going to end up with? 18, 19? I was like, maybe like 15, 14. And they're like, oh, that's it? I was like, yeah. Like, tackles, they're, they're going to figure him out. Like, yeah. there's tape on him, and you're going to have to – he's not going to be a force forever. And and Bucks fans kind of have to realize, because we've been there before, with a guy like Shaq Barrett setting the pace that he did for the first quarter of the season – expectations are high man i mean they are higher than they've ever been so when you get expectations that high and then don't immediately get met then you're gonna get frustrated and you're not in a position to get frustrated with a guy like shaq barrett recently um you just kind of have to see how it plays out but yeah i don't think he's ever going to pick up that pace for the rest of the season uh he's not going to have another nine game uh nine sacks through four games excuse me but I think he'll finish okay. I think he'll finish with, like you said, around 14 or 15 sacks. I still believe in the guy, and I think he's a very prominent pass rusher. It's just teams have a little more time to figure him out, game plan, and uh, see what they're up against. So 
that's really that. JPP, still a little bit of a question mark, but things are looking good if you want him to return sooner rather than later. So I mentioned at the beginning of the show, this is a very special edition. It is the mailbag edition. We'll call it the mailbag bye week, the bye week mailbag. And we've done one of these before, answered some questions, and you guys seem to like it. So we'll do it one more time because we don't have any recent Buccaneers football to talk about this week. So let's do it. Evan and I wrapped up your guys' questions on Instagram. Whenever we do this, you can check out our social, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll be taking all of your questions, and uh, we've got a few of them we want to answer here today. We'll have Morgan join us. First question we've got right out of the gate. Ben underscore no underscore comment says, which position would you prefer to see us improve before the trade deadline, offensive line or secondary? Uh, trade deadline, if you did not know, October 29th. We do not know if the Bucks are going to be buyers or traders or what the deal is before the trade deadline. There haven't been a ton of signs other than some false reports saying that OJ is going to be traded. Um, so that's a tricky question. But I think right now, if I had to pick, uh, the Buccaneers need more help at secondary than anything. I think offensive line help is crucial. It's important, especially if you have Jameis Winston in a contract year and a situation like he's in now where he has to basically prove he's worth every penny. Um, you're going to need offensive line help, but the secondary is the plight of this football team, and they seem like they've been the weakness ever since week three, and it just has not gotten any better whatsoever. Uh, so I will go secondary, but Evan and Morgan, what do you got? It, it'll be a quick answer for me. Um, probably the secondary, even though I feel like, obviously, just like you said, because of Winston's situation, offensive line would be smart too. Um, but I wouldn't expect the Bucks to do anything. Um, I, because the guys that are out there right now are guys like Chris Harris from the Broncos. Uh, is an older or a free agent at the end of this year. The, the Bucks just aren't in a position right now to try and do that um, with so many other holes. So uh, secondary, but I wouldn't expect anything. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I, I wouldn't expect very much. Morgan, what have you got, my friend? Um, I, as much as I would like an offensive line talent, I don't know what offensive linemen are really on the uh, the trade block right now that would benefit us um, that are worth $3 billion a year. Um, I would love uh, a secondary um, player. I, I think secondary would be the better choice because we've got a lot of young guys in that secondary. We've got Sean Murphy Bunting, Jamal Dean, Vernon Hargreaves, if he's a buck at the end of the year, he probably is, but Vernon Hargreaves, uh, Carl Davis III, Jordan Whitehead, Justin, I mean, these are all young guys that don't have a true veteran leader out there. And no, Vernon Hargreaves is not a veteran leader. Let me stop you there. He slips. Um, <laughs> but that's not a veteran leader move, I'll tell you that much. Um, I really think a guy like Chris Harris, a guy like Pat Pete, I know they're not probably not going to get Pat Pete. Pat Pete, it's the Cardinals GM that said they're not trading him. Well, I think they, they need a veteran guy out there to show them the ropes um, and to really just help them along. And like Trevor Sigma said a couple weeks ago, and you guys mentioned this, each defensive back is playing a slot above what they can actually play. Hargreaves can't play cornerback one. He just can't. Carlton Davis can play cornerback two against slower, bigger guys. He cannot keep up with the DJ Moores of the league. Yeah. Um, and I think a veteran guy... Not like a Brent Grimes, not like that old veteran guy, but like an old, like an older veteran guy. Um, Chris Harris is a good example. Uh, he's probably going to be worth a little bit, but a guy to come out there and really mentor these guys. Um, if we're really, truly, if Jason Light stays and is going to say, these are my draft picks, I spent draft capital on them, and I want them, you know, Sean Murphy, Bunting, Jamal Dean, Carl Davis. I, I don't want to mention him, Jay Stewart, but I want these guys <laughs> to develop. And um, 
if we want that, if Jason Light really wants that, then he needs to bring in a veteran secondary guy because these guys are learning. How they're learning is watching each other get beat in coverage every week. They're like, oh, that's not what I, that's not what I'm supposed to do, but they get beat. I mean, they need a veteran guy out there, and that's just that's how it is. And, and no, Darian, Darian Stewart is not a veteran that's going to throw them the ropes. He got benched week one for a reason, okay? And the funny thing as well, um, you had mentioned Pat Pete, and I, I just wanted to throw it out there. I saw a report today. I don't know how true it is. It's just something I saw scrolling on Instagram. But apparently the Eagles put out an offer to Arizona, uh, a first-round pick, and Nelson Aguilar. And Nelson Aguilar, the guy with stone for hands, as he's known for. Um, you know, it, it is a hefty price tag. And I think even if the Bucks comparatively put out a deal that is, you know, let's say a first-round pick, and uh, Cameron Bray. <laughs> Cameron we Bray. got to deal yeah. Cameron Bray. There you I mean, go. at this point, he's a luxury. Cameron Bray is a luxury for this football team. Yeah. I mean, if we're not trading O.J. Howard, we shouldn't because he is a generational tight end town who is athletic as a wide receiver but can block like an offensive line. I mean, not, maybe not that great. But he's great, all right? He struggled. <laughs> but Cameron Bray is a wonderful tight end. I am a Cameron Bray fan. Oh, I love Cameron Bray, bro. He is a luxury for this football team. He, we simply, I mean, we got Tanner Hudson, you know, he could always slid in there. But Cameron Bray, we simply can't keep around for his cap hit and his worth alone. There are tight end needy teams out there that would trade decent draft capital, I think, for Cameron Bray. But the biggest thing would be to get him off our books in terms of cap. He's a great player, but not only does he kind of provide competition for O.J. Howard in terms of who Winston's looking for in that tight end slot, and we see Cameron Bray is still his red zone target, but um, he simply just is going to be worth more than us just keeping him at that second tight end slot. So, uh, If I'm not mistaken, Cam Brate was also teammates with greatest tight end of all time, Luke Stalker. Am I he correct? Was, yes. Luke yeah. Stalker mentored Brate. Uh, Brate was struggling. No, I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, <laughs> Luke, yeah, I don't have anything else to say about that. Just saying, you know, that's that mentorship you see from a, a veteran like Luke Stalker, who I wouldn't mind going out and trading like a right. second Right. I just even if the Buccaneers were to line up a deal like that, uh, it seems like the biggest risk it move of Jason Light's GM career. If you successfully trade a first round pick in Cambrate for Pat Pete, let's say Pat Pete doesn't pan out, and then you're in a uh, and then you're in a situation where you need a quarterback and you're down a first round pick. Yeah, of course you're, you're screwed. Yeah, uh, you can wheel and deal and try and figure some things out, but that is just something that I think the well, payoff is. I'm telling you. It, it's the definition of risk it or biscuit, and I just don't see the Buccaneers going that direction, especially if the Arizona Cardinals end up turning down a deal like uh, first-round pick and Nelson Aguilar. But you really just got to see what happens. Another guy we've mentioned, secondary help, Xavier Rhodes. We talked about him last week and a little bit the week before. He's another one of those names that kind of pops out. But we'll see what happens. But good question. Ben, no comment. Thank you for your comment. Uh <laughs> Next question, I'll toss it to Evan. Evan, I don't know if you've got your questions queued up, but I know you grabbed a few from your Bucks Wave Instagram page. If you want to throw one of those out there, we'll go back and forth with what we got. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so one of them I got was basically what trades or whatever in the next coming weeks, and I was like, eh, we're going to talk about that because I knew you had the question there. So I was like, eh, we'll talk about that, whatever. We already talked about that. Like I said, I wouldn't really expect uh, anything um, there so the one question i had it was pretty basic um but it says will Jameis fix his decision making and um i know that there's been a lot of frustration from a lot of fans of you know this guy's been in the league for a while and sort of the same mistakes uh, trying to force the ball staring down receivers trying to do this too much um and i basically said you know 
it's been five years. Like, what evidence do you have that he's going to fix his decision making? Um, I, I mean, think someone else five... asked you. They said, uh, "Is Jameis Winston the guy?" And your response was, "I don't know, man. Let's go eat pizza." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all yeah. you can say. At this point. I'm I'm with you. It's one of those questions where it's like you're almost tired of thinking about it because you think about the possibility that is there, but from what he's shown us, mm-hmm. is he going to fix his decision making or is he always the going to be no? Like if, yeah. if from what if you're based on what he's shown you, the answer is no. And I think the biggest thing that the Buccaneers really have to do is I think Bruce Arians is to look in the mirror. I think Jason Lay is to look in the mirror. The Glazers have to look in the mirror and basically say, ask themselves, do you believe Jameis Winston is going to win you a Super Bowl? With a stat with with a team that is super, right now the Bucks don't have a Super Bowl caliber team, right? But I'm talking about, you know, good offensive line, good secondary, good pass rush. Do you believe that Jameis Winston can win you a Super Bowl? If the answer is no, at halftime, can Jameis Winston? If the answer is no, <laughs> if the if the answer is no, then you got to get rid of him. If 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 you don't believe in your first overall pick, your franchise quarterback, that he can win you a Super Bowl, if you build a good team around him, which the Buccaneers haven't really done in his defense, um, but. If you can't do that, if you believe that if you build a good team and he still can't win, then he's not the guy. Um, so I, I personally don't think he can fix his decision-making. I think it's just something that they're going to have to either live with or just say, hey, sorry, but got to go. I'm, I'm with you on that. And it sucks to say it because I've said before, you know, Rhett, the eternal optimist, yada, yada, yada. Oh, I, I like Jameis Winston. I want him to do well in the National Football League, even if he's not on the Bucks. Um, you know, of course, if he's not a buck, then I'm not going to watch his career as closely, but I really want this guy to do well because he has shown us flashes of what he can do when he's playing competent quarterback. And, you know, for the first quarter of the season, there wasn't really anybody better. And we, we see that in him, but then we just see him consistently, inconsistently play football. If that makes sense, we see him have a stretch of three or four games and then he'll just have that game. And it's almost like. When he's playing well, when he was playing well earlier this year, it almost felt inevitable that it was going to come up eventually. He's just going to well, have a game. Is. That's who he is. Right. And like you said, I don't think that's going to change. I don't think that's something that can be coached out of him as much as I want it to. I think he can clean himself up a little bit, but I do not think the – bad throw at the worst possible time is going to change and as unfortunate as it is i agree with you i just don't think that's something that can he can get away from and i like Jameis. i'm a Jameis guy i want him to do well but damn it i just ah man i just don't think it's there uh morgan what have you got dude (laughs) what have i got let me tell you Mm -hmm. james winston that is a name i have defended for many years I'm with you, brother. Many, many, but you live in the Tampa Bay area. I live in Virginia. Where oh shoot, I disclosed that people in the country. Um, I live mm-hmm. in Virginia where there's like three other Buccaneers fans, and everyone's a Redskins fan or something. Anyway, they like to make fun of Jameis Winston, especially with the Panthers fans in North Carolina. Oh my gosh, let me tell you about that. But I have been defending this guy for so long, saying he just needs he's, he is a playmaker. He is going to throw for four thousand yards a season. He has that playmaker ability in him. Um, but the truth, at this point, yes, he does. But 
like Evan said, it's who he is. He, throw, he throws a lot of interceptions. He makes a lot of bad plays because he tries to play hero ball, because he tries to be a hero, because that's who he thinks he is. He th- he's like, oh, I can do this. Um, and can he win us a Super Bowl? I don't believe in Jameis to win back-to-back in big games, to be 100% honest with you. In those spotlights, he's just not very good. Yeah, 1 p.m. on Sunday, yeah, he, I mean, he'll be, he'll be decent. 4.15, he's not bad. But when the lights come on, Jameis Winston, in the biggest moments, just has never shown up to that degree. A game against the Cowboys Thursday yeah. night a while ago. Um, game against the Rams where Luke Stocker caught a touchdown. Um, <laughs> that, was a, that was a disaster. Um, this Panthers, when he's on prime time, which is what playoffs games are, they are prime time games. The nation is watching. He has not shown up. And yeah. evidence would suggest that, as much as I love James Winston, his character, I love his character. I love who he is. But as a Buccaneers fan, at this point, I'm so torn. I if he plays great, good, but I just don't see him turning into the quarterback we all want him to be. I think so. The yeah. interesting thing that you said was about the the prime time games and stuff, and right. how under the lights. The big thing with Winston ahead of the draft was, and that is concerning. The big thing with Winston ahead of the draft is, well, when the lights shine, that's when he shines. Right. That. W- um, yeah. I mean, he was great on in Florida State, you know, with the big games, the national championships, and that's he he thrived in those kind of situations. And now in his NFL career, um, I mean, that is definitely concerning. Um, yes, sometimes the team, sometimes he will have a nice performance, like um, two years ago on Monday Night Football versus the Falcons. Right. I still think that's one of Winston's best performances ever, and they they lost the game twenty four twenty one. Um, not the what missed you can field do about goal that. that would have sent it to overtime, baby. Yeah. Oh, oh man, it was the fifty five yarder, and they were rushing, and yeah, it was. It was bad. There. Um, Moving back five yards, but um, you know, I yeah, it's very interesting because you know you bring up that point and how just he hasn't been good at the lights, and that was a big reason why a lot of uh, scouts and stuff were high on him, and without that. Yeah, what is, else is there to to show? Oh man, his arm strength. He is one of the strongest quarterbacks in the NFL. Let me tell you. Yeah, sure. It, Those passes oh, may fly yeah. over Deshaun Jackson's head and go into the arms of the safety, but he's got that arm strength. <laughs> and I mean, he's, we can sit here and level arm strength. We can Accuracy? sit. That's a we can sit here and break down the pros and cons of Jameis Winston all day. Um, and as much as the argument is made that QB wins should not or game wins should not be a QB stat, they are. you just they are. Yeah, as much as you can disagree, as much as you may not like it, if your quarterback is doing everything great but not winning you games, especially games where it matters, like you both said, under the lights on prime time on a grand stage where more than Tampa Bay is watching, um, it, it just seems like it can never click, especially consistently. And we've brought it up before. You know, when's the last time you guys remember Jameis Winston in a situation where it's a two-minute drill? And I, I actually do remember the last situation like this, but it's a two-minute drill. He's got to march the Bucks down the field 60-plus yards and either put him in field goal position to win the game or throw a game-winning touchdown on the last they drive They still the lost. Game. That's what happened. The 49ers. Yeah. No, the, the, 49ers. the, the, the Giants game. Yeah, that's it, very true. That's very true, the Giants game. I didn't think about that. I thought about... I thought about the first play of San Francisco, but just that just goes that just goes to show that when you throw an interception in a very, very untimely time, untimely. people are going to remember that more than they remember you going downfield and missing a field goal. Um, it was a touchdown, to be fair. He did throw a touchdown. 
he, he did, did what the fans wanted he him did. to. He did. To the wrong team. To the wrong. You know what? The jerseys <laughs> are similar, too. I've always thought the jerseys were pretty similar. Similar colors, you know. Yeah, right? It, yeah, I man. Understand. Like, when I was... When I was a little kid, I'd, I'd make uh, San Francisco 49ers jerseys and NCAA football and call it the Bucks because I was just an idiot, and that's what I did. Um, so, <laughs> next question. Great question, by the way, um, whoever ended up asking that one from Evan. But good question. Really got us talking here. Next question comes from Gil Ochoa. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Gil Ochoa underscore says, Are you ever worried about Mike Evans eventually getting fed up with losing and demanding a trade like we have seen from other wide receivers around the league. I do not think that Mike Evans' character, I just don't think he's one of those guys. Like, I'm sure he gets fed up with losing. Trust me, I'm sure every Buccaneer in the locker room gets fed up with losing. But Mike Evans is the type of guy that's shown us the sacrifices he'll make for a team that he believes in. And the question basically is, what happens the day that he stops believing? Uh, I don't know, because I just don't see that happening. He deserves a lot better, especially with his career so far, putting up the numbers that he has, the talent that he has, just how good of a wide receiver he is. He deserves better. He deserves a playoff appearance every year. He deserves a Super Bowl ring by now. But he hasn't gotten that. And you look at the quarterbacks that he's played with. He started his career with uh, greatest Buccaneers quarterback of all time. McClown. Yeah, man. Josh McCown. You remember that quarterback controversy? He's been there. Six, seven, <laughs> Glennon. <laughs> so he's had that. He's had Jameis Winston. And, uh, again, this Buccaneers team has not made the playoffs since he has played in Tampa. Um, but to answer the question – I don't worry about it. No, I don't. Um, you know, even if Buccaneers move on, they're going to bring in a rookie quarterback. I think that's the last quarterback Mike Evans would play with in Tampa. I think mm-hmm. if it ever gets to a point, and we're talking three, four years ahead at this point, very hard to predict. But let's just say hypothetically, which again is another scary topic for people to talk about nowadays. Hypothetically, if the Buccaneers move on at quarterback, they're going to bring in a rookie. If the rookie doesn't work out, that's when I worry about Mike Evans leaving if he hasn't already left at that point. But it, it would either be something like that or just a major contract disagreement that I see him leaving. And I, I feel like he's one of the good ones. I feel like we've got him, hopefully, for his career. But the guy does deserve a lot better than he has now. Yeah. Um, I think this question was asked to me, too. From the, I'm not sure if it was the same guy, but similar question. Um, I was like, no. I said Mike is a class act. And somebody different actually replied to it and said him wanting to be traded has nothing to do with him being a class act or not, which is kind of true um, because, you know, players can have different motives. But I I responded with if Evan really wants to leave, he will just walk when he's a free agent, uh, which is in about four years or whatever. He's not the type of guy to have a trade demand distract, be a distraction um, for any team. Like he's not going to sit out of camp and, you know, miss games. No. Yeah, no, no, he's not. He's not going to be like that. Um, he's he doesn't want it to be a distraction. So, but I basically said yeah, he's not going anywhere. Um, so, you, you don't have to worry about Mike Evans being traded. Um, yeah, and to go along with that, I want to take you guys back to the uh, Buccaneers Saints game when Jameis Winston off ate some W's famously, and I believe that's the same game where there was some uh, a fighting breaking out. Winston pointed at something, and Marshawn Lattimore. 
think slapped his hand out or something, and Evans just laid in uh, the marsh on Lattimore. Oh, no, I was through. actually, I watched that highlight, highlight, uh, I watched that low light recently. and <laughs> That's a highlight. As much as we don't want to remember it, Jameis Winston initiated that that uh, confrontation no, he because he, no, yeah, but he, he, he knocked Marshawn Lattimore in the back of his head with his finger. He purposely touched Marshawn Lattimore. And I'm not saying that, you know, this isn't an argument that's worth it two years later, but it, it, it wasn't, eh, never mind. <laughs> okay. Um, but that one, we don't see that one so much anymore, but um, the, the, what that showed me was that Evans really cares about this team. He cares about the team he's playing for. Evans is a winner. You can tell when we lose games, despite being in a losing culture, he's upset. He says, I played like crap. You know, with that cool, uh, he's got that um, Kermit the Frog hat on a lot in his post-game show, or his post-game interviews. He's upset when he loses, and when he wins, you can see how hype he is. Uh, a guy like DeMar Dotson, as great as he is, kind of. Um, either way, win or lose, DeMar Dotson's like, yeah, you know. Cool. But Mike Evans, <laughs> loves, Mike Evans loves, loves to win. And you could tell he likes he loves this football team. He loves playing on it. Um, as bad, you know, the highs of this football team, you could see Mike Evans gets really excited. Um, and that's why I think Mike Evans, even though he's had his fits in the past, of course, when he went, I think when Josh Norman was a Panther, he had some fits with him during a game about some pass interference that wasn't called, and Evans just did not have a cool head. But I don't think Evans has that towards his organization. I don't think Evans has this toward the coaches. I think, Brett, like you said, if he goes another four years, assuming Winston's gone, um, with a quarterback that's just not doing it for Tampa Bay. He may struggle to justify staying in Tampa, but as of right now, I think Mike Evans, like like Evans said, is a class act, loves being in Tampa, plays for this Buccaneers football team, respects what they're trying to do, and thinks that he can have a good career with them. I mean, he's got a lot. Of, he's got great receiving yards, touchdowns. Yep. He's, he's a stud. He's better than Keenan Allen. Yeah, he's got, he's got he's got everything. Evans. Evans doesn't really view himself as, you know, a distraction. He views himself as part of the solution that he has to be better, you know? Like, he views himself as part of a solution, and he has to be better to, you know, get the end result that they want. So, yeah, he's just, he, he's, you know, and the Bucks have gotten lucky because a lot, you're seeing a lot of receivers now and even corners, you know, Jalen Ramsey. Um, a lot of these guys are really starting to get some power and just gain some some power and get their way. And Mike Evans just isn't that type of guy. At yeah. least we don't we don't we we don't think and we don't think so because it hasn't really been demonstrated at all in his career. Yeah, so far in his career, he's been everything you could have wanted for a franchise wide receiver, and he's one of my favorite Buccaneers on a team. We're very very glad to have him. But yeah, I'm not super worried about that. Uh, Morgan, one of the things you had brought up was like you made the comment. Uh, that we don't see that Jameis Winston anymore, and we don't see that Mike Evans anymore, and it just kind of goes mm -hmm. to show that you know he has matured at a pace where he understands he's not the guy putting the team on his back every week. Evan, like you said, um, he looks at his it's part of his problem. He has to play better when he has to, and it's just he's got a very level mm -hmm. head. Uh, I'm not worried about the guy, and just wanted to kind of put a little asterisk there and talk about how guys have matured. Um, because I brought up the Jameis Winston thing, not to spark any controversy, but to kind of look at how he's matured, because we don't see that anymore. But another great question. Thank you for asking. Evan, do you have any more queued up? Um, You know, there was a lot of just the same stuff. Uh, yeah, I feel that. <laughs> like, you know, like a lot of it's, a lot, yeah, a lot of it's trade deadline, Winston. Like, a lot of it was quarterback, yeah. um, which I know we also, we have a question coming up about. 
um, possible quarterback future, I guess. Um, let me see here. I don't. Somebody said, like, I thought I made Cam with a good comment. Uh, somebody said, sign Chris Harrison, FA, then trade for Pat P. Just solve the secondary problem for next year. I said, this ain't Madden. <laughs> so, so, I mean, you could do that. No, you can't trade for Pat Pete, man. I tried the other day. I was doing a realistic Buccaneers franchise. You can't. They will not accept anything for Pat Pete. I tried. Yeah, I, I tried to. Um, I tried to trade for Jalen Ramsey one time, and I offered a first round pick, another first round pick, and Levante David, and it was green, high interest in all of them, and they say it was nowhere close. Yeah, it's literally it's, nowhere close. It's I, um, I just, I wasn't even gonna trade Levante David. I just wanted to see how close I could get. It wouldn't go through. I jumped on NFL Game Day 2004. Yeah, <laughs> jumped on that the other day, Classic. and uh, the franchise mode in that has a trade option, and you can trade draft picks as well. I um, but you could only draft the first, second, and third round draft picks, which was weird. You couldn't do any further than that. You couldn't offer a fourth, fifth, sixth, or even seventh at the time. It was kind of it, it was weird. But anyways, I put in three first round picks for Randy Moss. <laughs> and uh, I got denied. So <laughs> the trade system has always been a little bit weird. Yeah, but just wanted I'm to sorry, throw that out there. Almost any player in the NFL can be had for three first round picks. That's what I'm saying, dude. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, they weren't having it. Something about yeah. Randy Moss that year. But um, eh, we got some good questions, and we've got one more before we wrap up and break things down and get out of here. Uh, this comes from Lelius1987, and let me throw this out there before we really get into it. Oh no! This is purely hypothetical. Sean Murphy Bunting. I say it. I say okay. that it is purely hypothetical because people freak out about having hypothetical situations regarding the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, we're going to talk about that, and we're going to have a hypothetical conversation about the Bucks right now. <laughs> this question comes from Lelius1987, and the question is: Could you see Jalen Hurts running this offense if the Bucks decide to draft him? And I put. An extension on this question, of all of the rookie QBs in this class, who do you think can fit in the most seamless? Because to answer the first part of the question, I cannot see Jalen Hurts running this offense. Um, I, I just don't think he would be the guy that the Bucks are after, top of their draft board, quarterback-wise. So the answer to that is no. Um, but I'll toss it to you guys, and then uh, tell us who you think can fit in seamlessly with this Bucks offense the way things are now. Yeah, um, I have a, I have a pretty interesting opinion on it. So, Morgan, if you want to go first, you can. All right, oh, sure. um, <laughs> all right. I'll let I'll let I'll, I'll let Evan. Um, I'm gonna go first. I'm gonna Evan to really give give us his take. But because I know this guy, he's passionate about it. But um, ah, so I can't see Jalen Hurts running this offense. Um, I just nope. I don't think he would mesh well with what the offense is trying to do. Um, that's just the end of the story. I just, I don't think Jalen Hurts in reality is going to be that great in the NFL. Um, Oklahoma does a great job of grooming quarterbacks, but I still feel like he'll struggle in the NFL level. Out of all the quarterbacks listed, um, you know, coming into the draft, it's tough. Burrow has gotten a lot of praise lately, but LSU runs a spread, and I just can't imagine Burrow having much success in the NFL. Unless he had a Sean McVay type mind, which Bruce Arians could be, but <sighs> you also look at—I mean, if the Bucks are in a market to draft a you know a top ten quarterback, right. I want to assume the BA might not be here. Yeah, that's, yep. right. that's a big key. And Byron left, which is head coach. Oh, 
I don't know if I'm ready for that just yet, but hypothetical, guys. Hypothetical. Hypothetical. Byron Leftwich is head coach, and Gardner Minshew is OC. That's my hypothetical. But watching tape on Herbert, he has impressed me a lot, as he has impressed others. I think Herbert will be okay at an NFL level, but kind of lacks that decision-making that I think it needs to happen at NFL level. Fromm, of course, struggles when he throws more than 30 times. I'm sure everyone's aware of that that um, stat that came out. He struggles when he has to throw more than 30 times. Well, you know, in this Buccaneers offense, if Peyton Barber gets two yards of carry, we're throwing 30 times. So Fromm's just not going to do it there. So that leaves two. I think last one would be like, what, two? Right? Am I forgetting anybody? Jordan Love. Um, but Jake Fromm, but he, he's a guy who's I, – I I'm not a fan of Fromm. Well, Fromm's why I mentioned throwing too many – or can't throw – over 30. I think Bryce Perkins would be a solid backup quarterback <laughs> in the NFL out of UVA. Can I said backup? Can make plays out of UVA, University of Virginia, go who's. Um, but that leaves Tua, and I know people have been hard on Tua as of late just because Alabama's a talented team and Tua has struggled a little bit. But like, I think Tua is a, if we're really looking for a quarterback, he's a talent that we have to bring in. I wouldn't be mad at Herbert. I wouldn't be super mad at From, but I would definitely be a little disappointed. Depends on what pick we have. I mean, but bring any of those guys, and I think Tua could run this offense pretty well. Uh, an accurate passer, um, has the mobility, and, I mean, with a, a last day of, like, Tag of Viola, him and uh, Dare would get along really well. So Sometimes <laughs> I, I think you have to explain the joke. Um, people might freak out at that statement. Bryce Perkins. <laughs> is a personal friend of Morgan's who plays football at University of Virginia. So, uh, so yeah, that's what that's what that is. <laughs> no, I have a friend who plays with him. Vice Perkins is not my friend. Oh, that got was, it. Uh, no, no, I have a friend who's on the UVA team. That is, <laughs> got it. My bad. My bad. But I would love to see you know Vice Perkins no, as a solid backup. Or think about it, could start just hypotheticals. Vice <laughs> Perkins, keep in the back of your head, Evan. I want to hear what you got to say about these rookie Yeah, dude, you hyped it up as something interesting. I'm yeah, curious now. Yeah, but this man is about to lay into everything. He's about to say just draft Josh McCown again. Here we go. <laughs> um, okay, so the original question was, like, do you think Jalen Hurts could fit in this offense? And honestly, like, thought about it. And Red said no. Morgan said no. My answer is yes. Uh, I, I wow. do think that I think he's talented. I think that Alabama really mirrored a lot, but not really mirrored, but I guess sh- over he was overshadowed, I guess is the word. I used, used the wrong word there. Um, a lot of the things he could do, and Lincoln Riley's track record with QBs, I think is something that can't be overlooked. Um, I mean, it's just like Morgan said, like they've done, Oklahoma's done a really good job of grooming quarterbacks, and I mean, Baker Mayfield's had success, now you're finally starting to see Kyler Murray really have some success. Uh, I think a lot of the hesitation from people um, with Hurts is that they saw him at Alabama, and kind of saw that, you know, he was like, he got, you know, oh, he's the guy that got, you know, that Uh, yeah, after some technical difficulties on our part. Sorry about that. Um, back to what I was saying about you know Jalen Hurts. 
Hertz has been really impressive to me. He just, you know, on film, his arm strength shows up a good bit. He's got some accuracy. Obviously, mobility is a big thing with him as well. Um, and just the Oklahoma quarterbacks have just been pretty good as of late. So Lincoln Riley definitely has a track record. As far as any quarterback that I think could fit the Bucks offense the best, it's probably two of them. Uh, well, <laughs> it, it's it's probably Tua. Um, I think he's got the arm strength. He's got the touch. Uh, his, his accuracy is among the best in college football. Um, I think he's really for an Arians offense. If it is indeed Bruce Arians, just like Rhett said, you know, if they're picking top ten and picking a quarterback, it very well could not be Bruce Arians. Um, and a lot of people think that means like he'll be fired. I think it's Bruce's decision. Yeah. Um, it, it's not going to be. Like, it, it all depends on if Bruce wants to basically draft a rookie quarterback. If he doesn't, then he'll probably just go back into retirement. If he does, then he'll be able to get his pick. Um, but I think yeah, as though like a Bruce Arians offense, I think Tua would probably run that the best. Um, and, and you had brought up um, kind of the pros of a of a quarterback now coming into that Bucks offense is the arm strength and the ability to hit your targets deep downfield because mm-hmm. a common theme with this offense is long developing plays, taking uh, a huge shot. J- Jalen Hurts has showed it. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, and also, <laughs> me and me and Morgan disagree on Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Burrow's good. I like. I like. He's well, good I was spread. Jared Goff was good in the spread. Jared it, Goff is not good now. I, I would you take Jared Goff or Jameis Winston? Huh? I would take Jameis Winston. I, oh man! If you give Jameis Winston Sean McVay, I'm taking Jameis Winston. Jared Goff is. I'm not giving. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not. I'm okay, not doing. Let's not package head coaches here. Is because of McVay. Like that's literally facts. Oh, Goff man. was terrible his first year. He was abysmal. Because he had Jeff Fisher's as head coach. Because he couldn't adjust from the spread offense. Because power. Jeff Fisher was horrible. Jeff Fisher is one of the most. You know, mediocre coaches uh, history. Yeah, and also horrible. <laughs> he made that Rams team what it what it was. Oh, he made Jared Goff he laid he laid the blueprint. He was the architect for <laughs> the uh, for the stealing everybody else's free agents Rams. So Jared Goff could not beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense. That's all I'm saying. No, but he, you know who could? Oh. Dan Jones. Man. All right, that's facts. And some dude named Kyle Allen who. Somehow, I don't even Kyle Allen. I don't want to get into that. I don't want to talk about Kyle Allen. So, really quick, you had brought up Joe Burrow, and I was <laughs> going to say this. Um, you know, Joe Burrow. I like Joe Burrow. I like everything I, I about like Joe him. Burrow. I've got yeah. pictures of him in my room where I sleep what? at night. I'm all in on Joe Burrow. But Sorry. the biggest this is con the that gets a little weird. <laughs> the biggest con that I see with Joe Burrow is the arm strength. The velocity, yep. the uh, the deep pass, he, he kind of falls apart, and it's a little bit of a gamble on the deep pass. Other than that, I think he's perfect. Hey, Brad, um, yeah. Who else didn't have that great arm strength? I don't want to talk about it. No, 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 no. I don't think it's who you think it is. I don't think it's who I think it is either. So enlighten me. Who didn't have uh, that great of arm strength? Hey, Peyton Manning never had that great arm strength. Um, That's true. That was one of the big knocks of him, that he didn't have great arm strength. Tom Brady has a decent arm, but I wouldn't say he's got super arm strength. Um, okay, sure. But, well, Peyton Manning throws a lot of picks. Jameis Winston throws a lot of picks. Uh, yeah. Peyton Manning. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm hearing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Joe yeah, Burrow, the next Peyton Manning, Manning confirmed. Joe, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is good. All right, I'll, I'll die on a hill. He's good. Oh, no, man. he's QB2. He's QB2. No, he's QB2. Okay. Oh, QB2. So, 
a really great episode of the Cannon Fire podcast today. <laughs> Thank you guys, anyone who submitted your questions. If we didn't get to them, it's okay. Uh, we still encourage you to submit questions every single time we do this. So we're back on our regular schedule this week. We're going to have this episode drop on Monday. A brand new box break, break dropping on Tuesday. And then, of course, we'll have the game preview against the Tennessee Titans. That'll be dropping on Thursday. So be on the lookout for that. It's been a long week without Buccaneers football. It's going to be another long week until we get to next Sunday where we watch the Bucs take on the Tennessee Titans. And that'll be an interesting game because, Morgan, like you brought up earlier this episode, I seriously wonder if they're going to toss in Marcus Mariota just for the hell of it, just to see if he can beat Jameis Winston one last time. Because what I want to see in this game is I finally want to see Jameis get one on Marcus Mariota. And uh, <laughs> His first career start wasn't good enough for you? Oh, yeah, really. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. So, that's just about going to do it for this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening or watching with video on YouTube and BucksReport.com. You can follow the show on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. You can follow myself on Instagram and Twitter at Redicus. You can follow my co-host, Evan Wanish, on Instagram and Twitter at BucksWave. Morgan, where can the people find you on social media, my man? Um, wherever they wherever they want to find the best post, they can find me. Right, that's where they can find me. It's at um, oh, Morgan, wow. Morgan underscore Pangle P as in pumpkin A N G L E. If you want the best post on Instagram of my personal life that you obviously care so much about, that's where you're looking. On Twitter, if you want hilarious retweets about Jameis Winston shooting too many threes and Marcus Mariota missing layups, that's where you're going to find some great posts by me on Twitter. Um, so that's just where you can find me if you're really interested in me. Uh, if you want to learn more about Bryce Perkins or Luke Stocker. Those are the places to go. Well, go ahead and give them a follow. It's our little pumpkin, Morgan Pangle. Thanks for coming on the show today, buddy. It was really, really nice having you on. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> so, so, yeah, follow the show on social media. Follow us on social media. And uh, thank you for listening. Before we get out of here, I do have to give a quick mandatory shout-out to our guys at Pinecrest Printing and Signs. And, you know, I'm chomping at the bit. I really, really, really want to announce what we have got in store for you guys, but I just can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah, Evan won't let me do soon. it. Soon. Hey. Evan, Evan won't free, let me do it. Did I'm, I'm, you I'm, say I'm, free jerseys? What do you think I this did. is? What? <laughs> nah, dude. No, no way. Um, <laughs> they, I mean, no, I can't even. I can't even like drop any hints whatsoever. So yeah, I really want to talk about it. But all you have to know is that Pinecrest Printing and Signs and the Cannon Fire Podcast have some very, very interesting and fun things in the works. Be on the lookout for that the next few weeks. But if you are looking for an image for your business, that's cool. They've got you covered in more ways than one. Pinecrest Printing and Science has been providing the Tampa Bay business community with quality commercial printing and design since 2001. Their printing professionals are ready to provide you with quality marketing solutions for today's industry. You can give them a call at 813-684-5444 or check out the website at pinecrestprinting.com. They offer everything that you will ever need. Posters, cut vinyl, magnets, wide format, apparel, vehicle wraps, decals, banners, anything you need. They have got it, helping you put together an image for your business since 2001. That's all we've got for you today. Here's to hoping the Buccaneers play a little bit better next Sunday in Tennessee, and it'll be pretty telling as to how the rest of this year goes. But either way, we'll be here with you guys talking about it this time next week, and of course, we'll talk to you Thursday for the preview game. I am Rhett. 
Signing off for Evan and Morgan, and we will talk to you guys next time. Go Bucks! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.